0: please subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on Spotify Apple or YouTube and we're just going to jump right in so today we have with us Laura um Laura can you tell us a little bit about your account and your background we're discussing postpartum today I've loved following what I've seen so far of the way you handle postpartum and how you encourage moms to go through that so just tell us a little bit about yourself
1: I think so um I am Laura, it's Laura, L-A-R-A, at The Green Heart Mama, and um, I have four children now and um, very into more holistic natural health, homeschooling, um, home birthing, all the things that focus on um, home um, in a natural sense I love, and um, it all started, I guess, more of the natural holistic approach um, was when I was pregnant with my first son, so almost 12 years ago, Um We went through a very big time adjusting to baby. My husband also started going to chiropractic school there, and it just opened our eyes to so many things. So um, anyway, so that just um, did the whole hospital birth experience. Um, Had you name it done to me other than a C-section led to a very, very rough um, postpartum and just challenging things um, and it wasn't until my first son was out that, that mama bear kind of come out and I started asking questions and also thankfully my husband was in chiropractic school just learning a whole different world and approach to health and wellness and things like that so um that was almost 12 years ago and now here I am I just had um our fourth child five months ago and I was just telling Ariel that this is probably, even though I'm almost 40, I just turned 39 and my fourth baby, this is probably the best um, postpartum. I won't say easy because, you know, there's challenges, but I'll say best. And um, yeah. And there are you know some things I've done, um, but also I think it's um, just my stage of life. Just the Lord has been so good and kind and relying on him throughout it all um so many things that go into that but yeah
0: yeah that's awesome well i'm excited to kind of pick your brain today and ariel is actually a doula she probably already told you that um and for those of you watching on youtube don't judge i'm reporting into mcdonald's drinking a mcdonald's coffee and that's just the fact of life right now because where i yeah. normally record she's out of town and i don't really want to go hog her house while she's gone <laughs> So, how I kind of want to do this is I have some questions for Ariel because she's a doula, and I also have some questions for you. So, I would like to go back and forth with that. So, I am going to go ahead and just start with the uh, first question that I have for you. And Ariel can probably touch on this too because I know she probably has thoughts on this one. So, (laughs) what are the first signs that this part for a new mom, for someone who's been through it, what are some signs they should be looking for to maybe cue them in that? They need to be handling their
1: hormones and taking more gentle care of themselves. Um, so it's tricky because postpartum, you're feeling so many things. Your hormones are going all over the place. You're tired. Like sleep exhaustion in itself is um, hard, but like what is normal versus what is like, you might need some help, whatever that may be. Um, I think is the sad, like the sadness and then just the crazy extreme of emotions. And um, looking back with my first son, I probably had it. I was just sad all the time. And, um, but then with my daughter, four years ago, um, around three months postpartum, just there was a huge shift where I was doing a lot of things, um, more natural things, trying to support my, but just, I saw a huge shift from, yeah, I was tired. I, you know, my hormones, but just anytime um, I would start nursing, I would just feel this sudden like sadness. And sometimes I'd start crying And just, um, I've just felt pulled in so many different directions and just, it was hard for me to kind of rationalize things and, um, think through things in a normal way. And again, just the like low lows and the sadness. And so reached out to my midwife and, um, again, having a midwife and just providers who are there for you, even in the postpartum season is so helpful. And, um, just like, yeah, it sounds like some maybe mild, early, moderate stages of postpartum. Let's let's get that in check and um so just tweaked my diet tweaked some lifestyle things um and worked on some supplements and things like that and told my husband and just and it helped but um i would say the extreme emotions more of the low lows um and the crying um you know just um and it's hard again first one but again things that are not normal you know um
0: I remember, I remember dealing with postpartum, with, I think the first, and I want to say it got a little better, but like, it was, it felt like a dark depression. And I will say yeah. there was some, probably some things from my past that I had to like go. And my midwife actually encouraged me to like, Hey, you know, just take care of these things. Cause it will help because sometimes the depression that we have in those um, postpartum times could be just resurfacing of something we needed to actually deal with. And that did help a lot, but i mean it was dark like i would there was times i wouldn't say i would lock myself in the room but i kept my door closed and i just needed my space for like four to five weeks because i was just so overwhelmed like it is very real like and mm-hmm. like the emotions of feeling alone are like you're the only one nursing a baby at two o'clock in the morning and yes, yes of course we love motherhood and of course we like we look at those moments and we watch sleeping we have those moments of like happiness and satisfaction that that baby is ours but that doesn't mean you still shouldn't take care of the hormones and balance them out, and that's something that I talk to a lot of women about. It's like how, like, there's a couple of things that were recommended to me, which were great and they helped a lot. But what are very proactive ways? And Ariel, like, would you add anything as a doula? Would you add anything that to that as a new, like, if you are helping a new mom, what would you maybe add to Laura's thoughts?
2: I I completely second the extremes. Um, that's. For sure, sign if you're feeling extreme highs or extreme lows, um, if you go from one to the other really quickly. Mm-hmm. But it, it is tricky that it's usually your sleep and your appetite, which tend to be the first trigger signs, but those are normal things to be different right after birth, anyway. Um, I would say to add on to that, that usually in in good cases, if you're taking care of your body, if you're taking care of your mental health and you are um, the kind of person that can delineate your thoughts and you can decipher things, well, you can pull yourself out of those highs, but if it goes on for more than two weeks, that's when we usually say, okay, maybe you should look into postpartum depression as being the culprit. So So. here's
0: another question that kind of leads into that. I'm going to ask Ariel this, but I kind of want your thoughts on it too, Laura, um, is what is the difference between postpartum depression and when you should just know it, maybe just depression period? Like, is there a difference between it or do you address it? Yeah, at the same point?
2: yeah there's a difference, but man, it's hard. It's hard to tell. There's a really good book um, called This Isn't What I Expected. Um, if you go to Scribed and you get the free 30-day trial, you can listen to it for free. And there's a chapter in there that literally the woman talks out what the mother will be thinking. And if you fall in that range of those are your thoughts, those are your symptoms, those are what's happening in your day. Those are your classic postpartum depression symptoms, which doesn't even hit on the the more the other depression and mood disorders that could be different, but you'd need to go to a professional to really delineate those. And if you have a history of mood disorders in your family or with you personally, it, you could have postpartum, but then you could also have the postpartum with a mood disorder on top of it. And those are better diagnosed by professionals. So, yeah. I
1: think, yeah, I think what you said, Andrea, about, um, um, kind of depression after is some of those um, experiences from past will play in. Um, for me, I hadn't, um, you know, I never had an issue with the mood things, um, other than, you know, some seasons and postpartum. So I think that was a big sign for me. Um, also, even though this was my fourth baby in pregnancy, I read a book by Angie Tolpin. Um, she's a mom of nine and she wrote a book called, um, redeeming childbirth that I read. And it was so amazing, all just about spiritual and, um, prepping your body, Um, and she talks so much about, um, you know, getting maybe anything in the past just out, um, you know, any relationships with your mom or your husband or mother-in-law, just like really trying to restore those relationships, forgiveness and things like that during pregnancy, um, leading up to postpartum, because that will just help make such a better um, transition, and so I think kind of what you said, Ariel, is um, knowing yourself hand yeah. and like asking your husband for support and like that's another thing that my midwife said like if your husband is noticing some things that aren't your normal because everyone's normal you know moods and um things change um getting your husband's support and wisdom and sometimes you might want not want to hear it but you know they love us and care for us too and yeah. just and, and feels, that's, hey yeah
0: and that's yeah. uh that's actually a really good point because, like, my husband—if he even notices—I get quiet the day. Like, I'm—I'm I'm very tired. Yeah. Like, if I get very tired, then I yeah. just am different. He'll be like, "Are you okay?" Like, and I think that's such a wise thing, and your husband can sense that and listen yeah. to that. Um, but yeah. that actually leads us to my next question. What? This one's for you, Laura. Um, And of course, I'm gonna want both you guys to weigh in on most of these questions because they're just—I feel like both of you are adding so much wisdom
2: to it.
0: So, what are some ways uh, a new mom could take care of herself during during those first two weeks as just kind of like a proactive way of taking care of herself?
1: Um, The first two weeks, like do as little as you can, Um, and especially those first two weeks, like stay in the bed. Those first few weeks have everyone, you know, wait on you and mainly just focus on you and baby, but if you have older kids, um, and depending on what older kids' ages are, let older kids come to you. Um, you know, I'm homeschooling. We took a break then, but you know, they can play, you can read books or, um, you know, we don't do a whole lot of screens, but sometimes movies are helpful, things like that. Um, get friends or family. My husband wasn't able to take off a lot of work, but, um, we have family nearby and they took our bigger kids, um. Eat well, like have either yes, if you've done so freezer nice. meals or have your husband or friends. We've had a meal train, um, church friends, and just have like good, good quality food. You know, diet is so important in those first few days. Like you're starving, you're hungry, um, you need to eat, especially if you're nursing. I'm nursing in um get sunshine get sunshine yeah. you know those first two weeks you don't want to move a whole lot and do a whole lot so I'd come sit wearing them now we've got windows and just get sunshine I've had lots of winter babies and so I get some of those you know winter blues and so you know sitting here in the sunshine first thing in the morning um that helps too but just those first two weeks like do hardly anything and sleep when baby sleeps like I know it's you want to just cuddle and uh, maybe talk to other people but like I've learned like sleep and baby sleeps everything Mm -hmm. else can dishes laundry all that other stuff can wait
0: and that's that's Mm -hmm. a good point my husband actually had this after the first baby I ended up bleeding for like 12 weeks like after (laughs) the baby so it was quite a while and I'm an all-in-or-out kind of all-out kind of person well around baby number I think it was baby number two maybe three I think it was two Um, he was like all right there's just gonna be a two-week rule you're not gonna do anything you're just gonna sit and like literally I did nothing for two weeks yeah that like sped up my healing process to like maybe some people saying this is long but six next seven weeks um, to stop and completely heal from all of what happened in birth and so I think that's a really good point just to it's okay to rest. It's okay you just tell yourself that it's okay to rest. This is only a small piece of your life, and just enjoy those baby baby snuggles. But Ariel, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Um, as far as it's, it goes back to self care. It goes back to treat yourself really well. You you just had an extreme happening with your body, and it happened on the inside a lot more than it happened on the outside. So you can't see all the things that are knitting back together and moving back into place, but nourishing yourself during that time, taking care of your mental state, going outside, exercising, and, and that might be further down after yeah. you're resting, which we'll get to those those points when we talk about some of your other questions, Andrea, but immediately after postpartum, Laura's right. You should be resting, which is like China got it right. They have all their women rest for months after afterwards and they pamper them they don't lift a finger and uh I'd really like to see that happen
0: <laughs> for us that'd be great so back to I think Ariel I want your thoughts on this and I definitely want Laura's too because I've seen some of the stuff you shared on your Instagram page which can you just give me your Instagram handle right now Laura what where can yeah. people find you
1: so it's at the gre- at the green heart mama okay on and Instagram that's, that's, okay that's where I am yeah
2: right, green Green the, like the color of your shirt. Yep,
1: yeah, my camera, Yes, the green heart, Mama. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and we'll drop that in the show notes too. Okay. Um. So, what are supplements specifically? What are supplements and tinctures and herbs that a new mom dealing with postpartum, or even if they're not dealing with postpartum, just, just can be proactive and take care of their bodies as they're healing? What are some What are some of the tinctures and herbs that you guys recommend? Just starting with Ariel.
2: Um, some of the things that we uh, recommend as herbalists for postpartum, and this is more for moods, less for physical care of your body afterwards, which is a completely different thing, but this is more for your mental health would be, um, a combination of nervines, um, nervines like skullcap and, uh, oat tops. There are mild nervines like catnip and chamomile, and then there's the stronger ones like valerian root. Um, Those are really good at suppressing the nervous system and those might help take the edge off of some of what you're feeling. And then I would pair it with an adaptogen, which ashwagandha has been shown to do a lot of really good things for mothers in postpartum and to help boost your energy. Um, But there's also holy basil and reishi and um, uh, stinging nettles. And then I would pair it with um, a nutritive herb like the red raspberry leaf, something that's going to tone and firm your uterus and help all of your um, systems get back into working order. But that might also be lemon balm, motherwort, Mm -hmm. those also help. Um, What I found personally is um, rose elixir has been the one thing that no matter who I hear, that uses it, it helps, it helps and they see their symptoms go away. So I've, I've yet to see, but I haven't taken the more extreme chronic cases of postpartum. I've only seen the ones that maybe within the first two years, they've been having consistent postpartum problems. I haven't tried it on somebody with chronic postpartum, which we'll talk about later, but that would be an interesting study to try for Rose Elixir.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. The holy basil bomb, I've taken that as well. Um, as far as supplements, um, I have some of them right here, so I wouldn't forget. But um, this is one: Nourish Her Naturally by Earthly. I love their company; it's all herbal company. This I took yeah. prenatal and pregnant, um, postpartum. But dandelion leaf, the red raspberry, like you said, catnip, spearmint, nettle, alfalfa, yeah. um, and this is a uh, vegetable glycerin, glycerin. That and one thing I noticed with this pregnancy, um, both like nourish and energy levels as well as mental. Um, I ate a lot more protein and especially like red meat and um, liver. Um, I would put more, um, I couldn't do the actual capsules, um, but we have a local farmer, non-GMO, organic, everything like that that we used. Um, And that was another big game changer in pregnancy and postpartum just with the energy levels. I mean, you're not getting a lot of sleep and just energy can kind of will help too. And then for the postpartum, that as well, um, the holy basil and the um, uh, just, uh, lemon balm helped too. And then I've also mm-hmm. I've taken this like proactively, like as soon as baby was here, um, just because I didn't want to do the postpartum depression. But this has turmeric, black pepper, dandelion, catnip alfalfa. Um, this is in a cane derived alcohol though, with filtered water, but, um, I've taken that. And, um, again, I thankfully, um, that, and then also it's not supplement related, but just constantly prayerfully just praying and being in my Bible, um, does wonders for your mental state. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I'd like to add to this. I was researching For this podcast, and I came across this really cool study about B6 use Mm
1: -hmm. for
2: postpartum. I it's not a huge study, but I went down the rabbit hole on it anyway because it was great. Um, They found really good results using B6 for alleviating all the symptoms, Um, and that got me on a different rabbit trail. Um, If you have any um, recommendations for this, Laura or Andrea, I'd love to be able to put them in the show notes. But there are health and wellness outlets that will do a hair and mineral analysis test. Mm -hmm. And I think knowing your minerals would be huge in knowing which ones you should be taking going forward in your postpartum journey. Because like you said, liver was a great one. And I know liver has been um, touted, at least on Instagram, for the last couple of years. I see everybody uh, encapsulating liver and trying to take more liver. But then again, going down another rabbit hole, I saw a study about how half of the people that are taking liver don't even need liver. They need a different organ and they're not Mm -hmm. deficient in that. But just because it's the new, it's a fad that's going through and everybody's doing it. So I highly encourage taking mineral tests. And if those mineral tests will tell you if you have um, the toxicity screening, maybe you have heavy metals in, in your water, or in your food. Um, that would be able to tell you as well. So I highly recommend a hair mineral analysis test. You can get those online, but just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, I agree That's with me.
0: that. It's kind of like with food, like everyone just wants like one food or one kind of superfood to work for them. it's like, you know, you see these diets where people get on and some people lose weight and some people don't. And it's because you're not actually trying to figure out what your body needs. And so with postpartum, just like with that, I do think there's a huge advantage if you have the ability to figure out what your body actually needs, yeah. along with taking these herbs that are just known to, um, uh, to help with the symptoms if the the feelings it that you get from them. But on this topic, uh, we'll go back to you, Laura, to start with. What about food? What kinds of foods? I mean, we talk about supplements, but a lot of times I, t- you know, I tell people I'm like, I like to eat my nutrients. So even though I will take supplements, especially when it comes to postpartum and, um, pregnancy, what about food? What can they do to better nurse their body with a meal? What kind of different foods would you recommend?
1: Um, yeah, so, um, this pregnancy, I focus more on protein. Um, I just, in postpartum, I just found out, um, that my energy levels, I just, felt better having more protein um I've done phases and again like you said the diets the fads they come and go I've done um whole foods plant-based I wouldn't say vegan I've done that in times and I think there's certain more diets for certain phases of life in each person um so it's always good to know like what you're doing but um eggs were really helpful for me um the first trimester was tricky so I try to just do little snacks um here and there um but um lots of good raw cheeses um we're very thankful that we have local farmer um to get you know fresh beef and um raw milk and cheese and yogurt and stuff like that um but yeah just just a variety of good good foods um eggs and breakfast um, eggs and fruit for breakfast i make homemade bread sourdough bread um smoothies with yogurt you know all sorts of frozen fruits and um sometimes kale and spinach Lunches, you know, leftovers or um homemade sandwiches, dinners, just um, you know, ground, ground meat, tacos. Um, again, I try to make more homemade foods um that have less, you know, fillers and gross stuff and just a, a variety of things. Um, but yes, but having most of your nutrients and minerals from food is so good. Also also say um electrolytes. I know that's really big too. You can make your own. You can buy electrolyte drinks, but that first waking up, having a little, um, warm water with lemon salt, and sometimes apple cider vinegar helps me in the morning. And then I do like electro electrolyte mix later on in the afternoon for a little energy, um, pick me up instead of coffee, but, um, yeah, just a good, well, well well-rounded diet. You kind of know your body will know.
2: Um, so
0: Ariel, how about you
2: about food? whole it's it's always whole foods it's always Mm -hmm. going to be um getting your proteins your carbs uh your fruits your vegetables but sourcing them is hard and right now food is expensive food is so expensive and I meet with so many moms and they're on food stamps they're on WIC. they can't afford whole foods I was just asking one of um one of my clients I was like hey Uh, She's diabetic and I was like, you know, you really ought to try to get more whole foods and shop primarily in the front where the fresh produce is. And she was like, I can't afford that. And I was like, you can't afford like I don't think that way. I'm Mm -hmm. a farmer I grow a lot of my food so it's a different category. And she, she can't do that. She doesn't have the housing to do it. She can barely do potted plants. It's not on her radar to even do like a couple basil that you pick up from the grocery store. So getting, getting whole foods is tricky. Um, I will say if you're somebody who is struggling getting whole foods, look into your county's extension programs. There are statewide programs, there are food banks there are people who are fighting for people to get food and right now what we're seeing in our area is that it's primarily the elderly that are going to get the food but i'm fighting like heck for these for these women that have young children they need to be nourished just as much as the elderly in our community do and i'm i'm just not seeing too many food banks i'd love to be proven wrong that'd be great um but that's a that's a tricky one trying to find whole foods so yeah, that's not expensive.
0: I think, I think on that point, something that, um, we've talked about quite a bit is if you are in that position and you're maybe paying for health insurance, just remember health is wealth. And Mm. we had talked about this, the investment of when we're investing in healthy whole foods, that's an investment in our health insurance. Cause if I don't pay for it now and pay for it in like payments at some point, it doesn't mean we're not going to get sick ever, but it we're going to probably end up paying a bunch of hospital bills for something we could have potentially just done in smaller payments and invested that health insurance made that part of our health insurance is just by buying healthier whole foods. And so that was a mindset that even I had to work on over the last several years. I mean, it's, it's been different for several years now, but just realizing that health is wealth. And Mm -hmm. if you invest in it now and you take care of your body now, then it's going to pay off in the long run because you won't be paying the hospital to give sure. you know take care of your symptoms. Um, okay. But my next question, Laura, if you can address this one too as well, when would you tell a mom? When would you encourage a mom to seek professional help if she was just like? When would you did, When would you tell her that?
1: Um, I think it, you know, depends like mom, know, mom, mom by mom, case, case by case. Um, just if she, and especially maybe, um, her husband or you, her friend, if you know her well, just notice she's just off, um, then. And, um, you know, I think the first person to go to is your, whether it's OB or midwife, I've used midwives before. And there's one thing I love about, um, midwifery is, um, they care about your whole person, not just your uterus and, the baby but like your mental well-being like your overall well-being so many of the appointments are just talking about how are you doing you know mentally how are you doing you know physically all those things um reach out to them first and um see them what to go but um again it's case by case um but I will say if um you are you know even before you get to that postpartum type depression maybe the baby blues whatever um I know I think as women or maybe in our culture, we want to think like we have it all together and maybe asking for help is hard. And I'm speaking for myself, too, but just yeah. um, asking for help. And also, again, there's so many things just proactively talking to your husband. If you have older children like, hey, I, you know, I'll do prep a little bit. But those first two weeks, I'm not going to you know, count me out. Or, um, you know, Hey, can you set up a meal train for me? Or could you watch my kids so I can take a nap today? I'm just really tired or whatever it may be. Just, um, it's really hard, but it's so beneficial and so wise just to ask for help. And I feel if we ask for help in those little areas in the beginning, then that will save us from the bigger, you know, means, unless it's something more hormonal than, you know, that's might be different, but, um, but
2: yeah, just being proactive, I think is super helpful.
1: Yeah.
0: Ariel, what are your thoughts on
2: that? I think she's right. I think she's got it nailed down 100%.
0: How long can a mom end up dealing with postpartum depression? Like, is it two years, seven years? Like, is there something she could do to be more proactive in the earlier stages of it to make sure it doesn't last that long? So Ariel, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on that? And then I want to get Laura's.
2: Um, So... Again, I did more research looking into this because I wanted to know what the numbers said about this. Um, the American Psychological Association said that uh, one in seven women are affected by anxiety and depression following childbirth. But then, out of the women who experience postpartum depression, 38% of them will go on to have a chronic form, which means it doesn't stop. Like, this isn't a two year, five year. And there was one study that was done, um, it was published in 2018, where the women who experienced severe depression at two months and eight months postpartum, they still reported depression symptoms 11 years later. Now, I didn't know all of this, and um, my children are, are grown. I have a 15 and an, uh, an eight-year-old, I feel like they're grown. I don't have to change diapers, um, <laughs> therefore they are grown. Uh, but, uh, this came about when, um, a good friend of mine, and I'm not going to name names because that'd be rude. She was dealing with what I felt was extreme highs and lows. And I looked into bipolar and like different things that could be going on with her. And here's what happened. She had postpartum with her first child and it was severe. Um, It was all the extremes and it lasted for about a year with medication. She took medication and then about another two years later, she had another child and had postpartum again and again, she went on medication for it. It lasted about a year. She became a foster parent 15 years later and went on to foster 33 children Every single time that those foster children had to relocate, she experienced postpartum depression again, even though she did not carry those children. It re triggered it. And so, in talking to a behavioral therapist, I was asking, you know, why, why would this keep coming up again? And, and this was before I knew that you could have chronic postpartum. She said, it's your neural pathways. Once you teach your brain and you don't treat it, you don't, And but that's the thing, she tried to treat it. She tried with drugs and the drugs didn't work. Um, And she never told her doctor that they weren't working the way they were supposed to. And she got off of them too soon. Um, She didn't go the full script that she was supposed to. She thought, I'm okay right now. I'll go ahead and wean myself and I don't have to deal with this anymore. Um, but they kept coming back because she had already made those pathways in her brain for herself to go up and down like this. So every time she would relocate these children, she would be having this episode. And when she came out of the foster care system, out of being a foster mom, it was the biggest explosion of postpartum that I've ever seen. And I didn't realize it was postpartum until I was listening to that. um, This isn't what we were expecting book. I was listening to that chapter of that person lay out Exactly what postpartum women feel, and I'm like, this is her to a T. This is her. She's got postpartum, but her babies are 20 years old. They're not. They're not newborns. And so, why is she feeling postpartum for children she never carried? And my my best thought would be the neural pathways, but I I'd, I'd love to hear some input on that, Laura. Laura, do you have any any input on on postpartum being longer than just the initial period?
1: Um, for me, thankfully it was, um, short lived when I did have some moderate postpartum, um, but also, you know, I don't really know. Um, but postpartum, you know, they think the fourth trimester, three months and no. And so much is like, you know, get your body back. And, um, you know, it thinks it takes nine, sometimes 10 months to grow and for God to knit the baby, you know, in your womb. So, at the minimum I consider postpartum nine months after, um, you know, it took nine months to, for your baby to be made. Um, and you know, it's going to take at least nine months, um, or two. I would not even say back to normal. You're, you're constantly changing. Um, but then also I think nursing plays in a factor too. Um, with my daughter, I nursed her till she was almost two and a half. And so my body still, you know, have, has all those different hormones going um, as well. And then with each child, um, maybe not depression, but, um, it just, it's added, um, responsibility, added blessing, um, which sometimes may, might add, um, added, um, anxiety. Um, but yeah, so I think it just, you know, it just depends that, um, each person is different. I think nursing plays a big part of, and, um, you have to address your whole body as a whole. Like my husband's a chiropractor and like, we, we really focus on like your whole body, you know, mental, spiritual, physical. There's so many things to um, take into consideration. So um,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's super helpful actually. Cause I do know people that have dealt with it way longer and they think they're going insane and the people around them think they're going insane, but when, when in reality they probably just need to go get mm-hmm. tested if it's, I personally think if it's that bad and you're dealing with things like that, like super ongoing, yeah. you probably need to, that's like a hundred percent sure. You probably need to go get tested and just figure out what minerals, what, what vitamins, what is your body missing that you need to really start putting in, like yeah. putting into yourself. Don't just, like you said, I do take beef liver at this point because, you know, is it helping? To. Is it's it helping, helping with, it's helping with regulating my blood. Awesome. So that's great. However, yeah. I agree with you because sometimes I'm not in the mood for it when I'm not in the mood for it. I don't take it because Good. I believe my body's going to tell me when I need certain things. So just learning to be in tune with your body as well. Yeah. Um, uh, is I that's think it's really, tricky.
2: That's not easy to do. Yep,
0: yeah. It's definitely something you have to learn. Like for me, I didn't actually learn to actually be in tune with my body, what it needed, and, you know, things to eat until I started from healthy mama, which was really interesting. Yeah. And the only reason was because they had taught they teach you to never cut a food group out, but that if you're trying to lose weight to separate fuels until you get to that point, which is like basically instead of separating your fats and your carbs, this is not an ad, I'm just saying what (laughs) taught me to um, listen to my body. And it did, it really helped me listen to my body at that point. So I have two more questions. And one of them is, you actually hit on this, Laura, and I wanna hear a little bit more of your guys' thoughts on this. What are some ways that you think a mom could easily accept help that, I don't know, maybe isn't going to humiliate her and be like, well, I can't do anything in my house right now. Because it it really is like a struggle for a lot of women to realize I can't even pick up a load of laundry right now. Like that's hard because you're the mom and that's your house and you have other people in and out. You know, I had people in my house for two, maybe three weeks, sometimes literally doing everything. Um, so what are some ways that you can encourage other moms to accept help and ways that they could do that if someone offers it? I know meals are a big thing, but what, uh, what are the ways?
1: Yeah. So I think it all depends, um, on like other children, you know, if you have multiple children, um, I think the hardest for me was when I had my boys like back to back. And so my oldest son was under two and, you know, couldn't do a whole lot, um, now that if you have older children, like they do a lot of the chores they have picked up, you know, my husband has helped up. Um, if you have family nearby or close, um, in some seasons, my mom came and stayed with us for a few weeks. And so she would just kind of took over all my responsibilities. So if you have family, um, maybe parents or a sister or someone that you could ask to come stay with you those first few weeks, um, you know, if your husband has to work or whatever it may be, um, you know ask ask those family members if you have a good relationship there um if it's um if you don't have family um and our fr- you know friends meal trains are great and um, even just maybe taking some of the older kids or other children or having that mom maybe with little kids come just so there's another eyes and i think just um letting go of some pride and just like we want to help us as women, we want to help but we're so hard to ask for it. and so You know, Mm -hmm. hey, do you mind just switching the load over or something like that? And then also just little things that sometimes can go a long way in all seasons. You know, um, for me, I love to run. I love to exercise, go on walks. Like I asked my husband, you know, I'm like, can you just watch, you know, all the kids for 20 minutes, even baby. So I can just go get a walk. You know, sometimes we might get a little touched out, you know, especially if you're nursing and lots of little ones, like, I just want to go walk in attention for 20 minutes and listen to a podcast or listen to some worship music or a bath, you know, just a bath, like little things you can do at home. That's not re- going to require, um, time really away from the kids or money or things like that. Um, so again, you know, just Letting go of that pride and just finding those little, little things that just, you know, self-care and soul care really too.
2: Yeah, that's good stuff.
0: And what about you, Ariel? What would your thoughts be on that too?
2: I, I think she hit on a really good point um, at the end there because I was trying to find the gaps of the kind of people that may because this is so wide and varied everybody's different and everybody's going to deal with postpartum differently you might have a extrovert who is fine asking for help or may struggle but can still bring themselves to ask for help and they may have those support groups but then you have a different kind of person that's introvert has no support system who are they going to ask your communities where you reach out if you're that kind of person um there are local mom to mom groups and uh different facebook groups that you can get into even from your um computer you don't have to leave your house in order to find the support that you need nowadays cuz everything's online you can really find what you need and honestly if you're the kind of person that doesn't have the support system but you need somebody to come over and throw a load of laundry in or bake some cookies for you like and you don't have a great aunt or somebody who's great and who will come over and do that hire a doula there are postpartum doulas who will do that for you and if you don't have the money to do it doulas take medicaid now doulas take insurance so and most everybody has insurance if you don't that might be a different issue so i'm trying to hit the the niches here of the people who may not usually reach out for help you can reach out to a complete stranger and it's their job to take care of you so really i mean like she said it's a it might be a pride thing it might be a fear thing. Um but there's a good saying out there that I love. Suck it up, buttercup. Everybody needs some help every now and again. You can't tackle the world all by yourself. You can't carry the load by yourself. You have to share it. We're all humans. We all go through this. And if you can reach out to maybe your family's not the best for you, maybe it's that that one girlfriend that you have that's That's going to be the person that you talk to. And maybe it's just an unload session you need. Maybe you just need to unload all your feelings on somebody. And maybe they don't have answers for you, but talking it out helps. So,
0: yeah, someone actually in the, when I um, did the Instagram poll, they did mention the birth doula. And I actually had never heard of a birth doula until that comment. And so that's pretty cool. I mean, I have a lot of family around me.
2: Um, I, th- I think you mean postpartum doula.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant. A postpartum yeah. doula. I'd never heard of that before. I have heard yeah. of doulas like you.
2: Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. So cute.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> no, so I have heard, I have never heard of them. And so that's kind of a yeah. cool thing to know that that's out there for those people who don't have the mom to show up. Like I know my mom's never showing up in the past. Yeah. My uh, mother-in-law did like she would come for like one, two weeks. She passed away a couple of years ago. But she was always there for every single one of my babies awesome. after they were born. My husband would be take the first week. And then she would come take the oh, like awesome. second, third week. And she was such a stickler about like, when you were a new mom, you were resting. Like you were sitting down, you were taking care of yourself. Like she was just that mother hen. So Good. if you're blessed with that, that's awesome. But having a postpartum doula is actually just super cool to know that's an option. Yeah. So that actually leads to our last question. And I just kind of want to know um what's some spiritual encouragement from scripture that you can leave a mom with um as she's going through this stage of her life? We all know it's such a happy, blessed stage. And none of I don't think any of us will like will say, Oh, it's a terrible stage, but there are hard times in it. So what would you say spiritually to encourage a mom? Um
1: I think um everyone's you know different um so what different scripture are going to reach out to you differently maybe you're scared about um postpartum maybe you have anxiety you know there's so many different scriptures in the bible on fear there's you know do not fear over you know 365 times anxious you know be anxious for nothing and all things pray about everything um also you know jesus himself like come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest and that one especially in motherhood like I have nothing, you know. I'm so tired, and um, you know, sometimes we might get the physical rest, but just, you know, we he will carry all of our burdens. Like he has been through so many things, and so um, again, being proactive, one thing I did again differently in this pregnancy is almost every night I take a warm bath and read my Bible, listen to different worship songs. Um, music is so important. Um. during birth and after find some songs that just will uplift you um we love seeds family worship because they put scripture to um songs and they're upbeat and fun or lullabies for my little guy um again i have a prayer journal so about once a week sometimes more i write my requests and then i write my praises and it's just so amazing to go back and see how god has answered maybe not give me all my yeses but he does answer and he's there for us and so um you know take some time you know in the morning or at night i'm on my phone and sometimes we'll read scripture or just write out different things and um so again make it personal um there's something in the bible um that will just meet you where you are in each season
0: yeah and what about you ariel what would you I, i really appreciate those thoughts laura like yeah a lot because I know a lot of times you're sitting there nursing anyway um why not just journal or like that's that's such a good thing to do
2: yeah the word of God is living so the fact that you could jump right into it in your time of need and find Mm -hmm. solace and and find what you need in it it's always going to be there um you could even do that tried and true, just open it and see where you land because he's gonna speak to you. Um, I love those stories. I think those are really cool. I've my I guess I'll share my verse. Um, and this has stuck with me since I had my first as um at sixteen. and that was a really tough thing to go through, but the verse that got me through that was uh, john sixteen thirty three and it's um, in this world, you may have trouble, but take heart. Has, I've overcome the world and that's so encouraging to me to think that he overcame and so because he overcame I can put my burden on him he overcame it so it's that um, that praise ahead of time that praise in the trials when you uh, I have this saying it's uh, pray praise proclaim and it's all P's. my sister loves that all p words um but when you when you go through trials and you stick to praying, praising, proclaiming, you're focused 100%, your soul is focused, your energy is focused, and your breath, your literal breath is focused on him. And he's going to take it and he's going to move with it. So you just really have to sit back and watch him move with it. What I found very encouraging with some clients is that um, they'll do the inspiration boards and they'll find different pictures to put on their birth walls. And I love it when they memorialize things that have helped them through their pregnancy and labor, when they really came up against that hard wall and they had to push through. I just had a client who um, decided that her birth phrase, her inspiration phrase was gonna be in like a lion, out like a lamb. And the mental picture of her going in like a lion and coming out like a lamb Pushed her through labor, and even now it's carrying her through postpartum. So if you can focus on the Word of God, and you can focus on the pictures He gives you, and the words and the songs He gives you, then I think, I think you're in a good place to keep going. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's to add to that. Um, something I've always this is kind of what I've always done. Whether it's, I don't know if it's a hard season or, but. I do journal a lot, but also just the Psalms. Like, I read the Psalms probably every single month. I'll read through the whole entire book of Psalms. Like, it just, on repeat.
2: It's good and stuff.
0: It's so mm-hmm. healing, too. It's, yeah. it's a lot of times it speaks to what you're walking through in a way that you can't find anywhere else. And so, if you just need gentle, I recommend getting into the Psalms and just, um, or turning them on. Um, I also, there's this, I can't remember who it's by, but I'll, I'll go ahead and link because I know they have something on YouTube with it, but it's called scripture lullabies and the music is just, especially when I have little babies, I will like, that will be on repeat because it's so soft and it's like just beautiful music stuck to scripture, scripture stuck to just beautifully soft music. Um, and that might not be your jam. I mean, you might want to rock out while you're rocking your baby. That's not my thing. Yeah. But yeah. we we'll, I'll definitely link that down here
2: uh, because
0: it is just one of those things. Also, uh, another thing that I do to, Laura mentioned this about just keeping good music going. I love Praise Baby. I love listening to the Praise Baby music or turning those on because they're also just really soft and encouraging. So
2: was there anything that you wanted to add, Andrea, to all of this? Because you've been asking the questions and I know you've gone through quite a few postpartum's, both um, good and bad.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess if I was going to leave, leave some thoughts today, it would just be realize it's a season. (laughs) It's a season and to just really take care of yourself. I, I, we're going to do an episode on self-care because I, you hear so many things like self-care is terrible or self-care is selfish or then you have these people that are ultra ultra obsessed with self-care where all they think about is their self and, and caring for themselves. So finding a balance there as well, but realizing especially specifically in this season, yes, it's okay to be really focused on self-care and just enjoying the beautiful gifts that you received. So that's probably the thoughts I'd leave with because we got through it. We got through every one. I have six kids that are happy and I'm happy and healthy. So. Mm-hmm. but
1: amazing proof God yeah, yeah so
0: I think that's going to close this episode out and Laura thank you so much for coming on and I just You're I welcome. also would like thank you to me. talk about your ebook because I do know you have an ebook where can people get that and if you can give us the title of it how much it costs, yeah that would be great
1: yeah so it's um under still that um website um simple I'll make your, I will have to look at that and link. Yep. It. Um, but yeah, natural nourishment, um, for mom and baby in, um, pregnancy and postpartum. So it's, um, 43 pages and, um, it, um, just talks about, um, each stage of pregnancy, um, just a big overall viewpoint, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, postpartum, I just practical tips, um, some supplements, things I did, um, exercise meals. I even have, um, and some of the postpartum section, just quick, easy meals that are healthy and nutritious, um, that you can whip up really fast. Um, I think I have about 10 to 15 different recipes, breakfast, Ooh. snacks, dinner, dessert, even some, um, like cleaning hands up different things like that. Um, so yeah, it's 899 and, um, yeah, we'll link it in the show notes where you can yeah. find it.
0: Yes. Awesome. Um, can, so, in that ebook, is that you're also going to probably have your list of supplements and things that you recommend, correct?
1: Yeah, okay. list of supplements, um, okay. list of um, a couple books that I read that helped me get, you know, help prepare and get me through some of the anxieties that you might face in pregnancy and birth and postpartum. So,
0: mm-hmm. well, that's great. Well, this yeah. is exciting. Um, okay. Thank you for discussing this sure with it. us. So, and yes, thank the, you. Yeah, we will see everyone else on the next episode. And we're going to sign off
2: here. You've been listening to the Whole Topic Podcast. To hear more, to see behind the scenes, or to get a hold of us directly, visit our socials, Facebook and Instagram, the Whole Topic Podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Andrea, visit her blog at dearmark23.com, where she talks about whole foods, whole grains and whole living. If you'd like to hear more from Stephanie, Visit the ranchershomestead.com, where she talks about simple living, gluten free recipes, and farm life. If you'd like to see more from me, visit com, where I talk about simple living, wild recipes, and natural remedies. Thank you for listening, and God bless.